Welcome to Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport news and sometimes interviews. This is episode 67, recorded September 11th, 2021. I'm your host, Charles Current. In today's episode, multiple first picks, asset abloy to acquire Quickset and Baldwin owner, attackers can disable some Wi-Fi security alarms, the little black book of lock picking, Sparrow's disc pick back in stock, man breaks into Locksmith's warehouse six times, Culper Woodhill picks handcuffs and goes to prison, Man breaks into homes using his parole card, meetups, sales, giveaways, and more. You can subscribe to the audio version of the show on most podcast apps and at thelocksportscast.com. If you don't already have one, you can find a Podcasting 2.0 compatible app at newpodcastapps.com. You can subscribe to the video version on YouTube or Odyssey. Links to stories discussed will be in the show notes. YouTube and some apps limit the length of show notes and the links I can put in them. But you can always find full show notes with all of the links at thelocksportscast.com. Before we get started, I want to say that I am working on ideas for trophies for the Locky Awards. I've reached out to see if I could possibly get some help from businesses, but I haven't had any response yet. If you have any ideas, please go ahead and reach out to me. Let me know what you're thinking. Keep in mind that I need to keep the cost down for both the trophies and the cost of shipping the trophies potentially internationally. At 17 categories, that can get pretty expensive. I was able to do it last year, partly thanks to the federal stimulus checks we received, but I don't have that luxury this year. I'm planning on letting people sponsor the Lucky Award categories, but Until I know the total cost, I won't know what I need to get for sponsorships, and I don't want to make the cost of sponsorship too high, and also since I will have to cover the finances for any categories that don't end up getting sponsored, I also don't want to make it too high. So besides that, please go ahead and visit LockyAwards.net, read the fact page to see what categories I have planned for this year and start making lists of who you might want to nominate and what videos you want to link to. Thanks. First up in the news this week, Asa Abloy to acquire Quickset and Baldwin owner. This same exact article was published in two separate sites, the Locksmith Ledger and Security Info Watch. The article says that Asa Abloy announced it has entered into agreement to purchase the hardware and home improvement division of Spectrum Brands for 4.3% billion dollars. This would bring the brands Quickset, Baldwin, Weiser, and National Hardware under the corporate umbrella of Asa Abloy. Lucas Bozzelli, executive president of Asa Abloy and head of the Americas division, said, our technology platform and innovation focus supplements HHI's current offerings and provides an excellent opportunity for us to deliver superior value to its customers. The president and CEO of Asa Abloy said, This acquisition advances our strategy to strengthen our position by adding complementary products to the core business. It will further accelerate the transformation from mechanical to digital solutions. Analysts say the combination of Quickset and Baldwin with Asa Abloy's existing customer-focused product lines, such as those from Yale and August Home, would create a residential access control juggernaut. Patrice Samuels, senior analyst at marketing research firm Parks Associates says the acquisition of Spectrum Brands Hardware and Home Improvement Division by Asa Abloy brings together the two leading door lock makers in terms of market share in the smart home industry. 
Brian Rutenberg, managing director of Imperial Capital, says, I think that Legion has to be worried by this because this is a big competitive threat for them, as the shelf space at Home Depot and Lowe's has just dramatically shifted to Asa Abloy. The only thing that they can hope for is to claim that this is a monopolistic move. If I were in their position, that's what I would try to do. That said, it's impossible for me to know what regulators are thinking along those lines. That's not my forte. But all I can say is I wouldn't want to be in the boardroom of Allegiant. In a company statement, Alija responded saying, This announcement, which is still pending regulatory approvals, does not change Allegiant's long-term business strategy or approach to the residential markets and current landscape in the U.S. And Larry Schwab, security engineer with Philadelphia-based Houdini Lock and Safe, was quoted as saying, What they are really after is the grade 3 hardware business, Quickset and Baldwin and getting into those big boxes. One of the most popular things people need is locks and keys. Buyers want it so cheap that they will drive by four locksmiths and a hardware store just to get a deadbolt at a big box store. People will buy a deadbolt for $20 and think that's adequate for their home. And if everything goes through, the acquisition is expected to close during the fourth quarter of 2021. So we'll have to keep our eyes on that one. And United Locksmith Lock Blog put out an article entitled, Do Criminals Pick Locks? I won't read the whole article, but I will read the intro and go over some highlights here. It says, whether or not criminals and burglars actually pick locks has been a topic of much debate in locksport and the lockpicking communities, and it is a question on the minds of anyone buying locks. Unfortunately, the answer you get is often something shallow, like, no one is going to pick a lock when they can break a window. But is that statement true? You have dedicated lockpicking hobbyists doing their best to convince people no criminals pick locks because they do not want to be seen as contributing to any type of criminal enterprise. In other cases, people try to convince you to buy an unpickable lock because that is what they are selling. As someone who understands the value of ethical recreational lockpickers and professional criminologists who investigate covert entry, I knew the answer wasn't going to be a simple yes-no answer. It became clear this was going to need an article. To get the answer as to whether criminals pick locks, we'll be discussing the following. And the article is then broken down into several sections. We have criminals versus locksport, where they discuss what locksport is about, how criminals are generally educated in lockpicking, whether it's by other criminals or by hobbyists, and locksport's role in improving the security sector by demonstrating problems that must be fixed, a lot like white hat hackers. They have a section called historical lockpicking, which in that section, they discuss lockpicking and burglaries in the 1800s, the fact that criminals always learn to manipulate locks, even when the information is hidden, and they go over A.C. Hobbs and his finding exploits. The next section is notable burglaries, where they note that there are not many well-documented high-profile lockpicking burglaries. Notable lockpicking crimes involve skilled teams, commercial spaces, and targeted valuables, generally. The article then goes over a lot of burglary statistics. They have a really nicely laid out table and they analyze the statistics and what they mean. And part of that takeaway is they say, let's just set the record straight. There are criminals who pick locks, but the average criminal does not pick locks. The next section is called recent crimes. And they say locksmiths are targeted by burglars looking to steal professional tools. Criminals are being found with lock picks, which can be evidence of a crime, 
and burglars have recently been documented intending and successfully picking locks. I think a lot of those topics we go over in the lockpicking criminals section of this podcast, even. They have another section called Other Burglary Methods, where they discuss the different other techniques for entry, including prying, kicking, ramming, cutting, reliable exploits, and just plain unlocked doors. In closing, they say, yes, criminals pick locks, and no, you don't need to be overly concerned about lockpicking criminals. You are only likely to be targeted by lockpicking criminals if you have a stockpile of goods in a non-residential space. It's a very well-written article. I recommend you go check it out, and links will be in the show notes. The next subject was actually discussed by Steve Gibson on the Security Now podcast on the Twit Network. He says, attackers can remotely disable Fortress Wi-Fi home security locks. I'm going over this to, to kind of highlight why I don't trust, personally, any locks that have Wi-Fi and Bluetooth-enabled features. These aren't locks specifically. These are home security alarms, but the general principles still apply. He says, two vulnerabilities have been discovered in the Fortress SO3 Wi-Fi home security system that could be abused by a malicious party to gain unauthorized access with the aim of altering the system's behavior, including disarming the devices without the victim's knowledge. Fortress was notified of these two unpatched security issues back in May. The Fortress SO3 Wi-Fi home security system is a do-it-yourself alarm system that enables users to secure their homes and small businesses from burglars, fires, gas leaks, and water leaks by leveraging Wi-Fi and RFID technology for keyless entry. Rapid7, who discovered the vulnerabilities, described them as being trivially easy to exploit. One issue involves an unauthorized API access that enables the attacker in possession of a victim's email address to query the API to leak the device's internal mobile equipment identity number, which also serves as the serial number. Armed with the IMEI number and the email address, the adversary can proceed to make a number of unauthorized changes, such as disabling the alarm system without the owner's knowledge. The second vulnerability presents similar problems but requires less prior knowledge of the victim, as the attacker can simply stake out the property and wait for the victim to use the RF-controlled devices within radio range. The attacker can then simply replay the disarm command later without the victim's knowledge. If you're really interested in this, Steve Gibson goes through this attack in great detail and gives you a lot more information about it. He also mentions during that same episode that there is a new vulnerability discovered in the Bluetooth protocols. So recommend you go over there and check that out if you are even considering putting Wi-Fi or Bluetooth-enabled security devices in your home. First up in community news, I want to start with another reminder that Dark Arts Lockpicking has started a GoFundMe to help Bronx Lockpicker 60, whose only child and daughter lost a battle with cancer. So if you would be willing to go over there and uh, show some support and donate a few dollars to that GoFundMe, it would be greatly appreciated. Moving on, Down Under Monkey has what appears to be the first public pick of the Showa Lixel WS. An unshimmable reverse sidebar slider lock. So I will have a link to that video in the show notes if you aren't already a subscriber. Go check it out. And Artchoke2000 released his latest video, which he says is the first public pick of the Miwa PX. 
in the description of the video. He also lists all of the Miwas that he has picked, including all of his Miwa first public picks. So some of the videos are public. Some of them are currently unlisted. So you will only be able to get them through the links in this video that he has published, which I will have a link to his Miwa PX video in the show notes if you aren't already subscribed to him. But the public videos he has out are the U9, the PR, and the 3800. His unlisted videos, which he says will eventually be made into full analysis videos, are for the first public pick of the SR, a pick of the LB, first public pick of the UX, first public pick of the UR, and first public pick of the E6, as well as a pick of the DS. So very, very well done by my count there. That's five first public picks on Miwa Locks. That is a major accomplishment. So good going there. Artichoke. And Diggs of Lock Pickers United and Digby Lock and Tool, the maker of the Alpha Lock, is now on Twitch. He is live streaming on a variety of topics, including picking locks and some of the process of making his Alpha Locks. If you don't know who Diggs is, Check out the talk I had with him on the Lock Sportscast in an episode called A Conversation with Diggs. That was my sixth interview episode. I will have links to Diggs' uh, Twitch channel in the show notes, as well as a link to the Conversation with Diggs podcast episode. And we have an update on Brummie's Corbin, which is currently in the possession of Starry Lock. He has made all of his attempts and will be choosing the Lock's next victim this week. So head over to his last video on the lock, link in the show notes, of course, and follow his instructions if you would like a chance to be the next recipient. Over, and over on Twitter, in a tweet by Miko Tweets from 2016, there was a link to the Abloy Classic Lock Picking Manual by Matt uh, Smith, also known as Hux or Huxley Pig. And I will have a link to that in the show notes because this is an amazingly useful reference if you are thinking about picking a boy classics, which, by the way, if you do with your own tool, currently counts as a black belt lock. It's one of the ones I picked, and I really, really enjoy that lock. So recommend you go check out that link, maybe download a copy of the manual for yourself. And as we move on to the videos section, we have a video by Matt Smith or Hux called Toko's Pluto, picked using Abloy Classic 3-in-1, thanks to Lock Noob for the loan of the lock. In the description of the video, he says, Toku's decided to put their zero driving disc somewhere in the middle of the disc pack with this lock, which gave me a good excuse to make the tool I had designed a long time ago in order to beat Abloy's next logical modifications to the Classic. A bit like Physsec Chess, I released the Abloy the Able Eater tool with the intention of already having the solution to the fix ready to go, keeping several moves ahead of my game. Problem was, Abloy never did a thing with the Classic, which was an outrage in my opinion. It is the lock that Abloy have built their whole empire on, and it deserves better than to simply be left to fade away into obscurity, as all and sundry subvert its security and pick it with impunity. So anyway, I will have a link to the video in the show notes, it is a really cool tool with a with two picking heads on either side of a center tensioning head so that you can actually tension on any disc and still be able to pick the other discs in an Abloy Classic design with that half moon shaped keyway. Hux, 
Hux's tools are always very, very interesting and very well designed. Good video to check out. Another video I enjoyed watching this week was by Wow Amazing Work on YouTube. The video was entitled 100 Years Old Technique Locksmith Made Lock with Very Basic Tools. And just what it is, this uh, locksmith appears to be another one of those, possibly in India, making a very old, very, very old lock design, a very simple lock design. But he makes it almost, almost completely with hand tools. And another one of those videos that uh, was a, a little bit difficult for me to watch being an environmental health and safety employee and seeing the uh, potentially very dangerous techniques being used in some areas, including he tacks some pieces together with an arc welder, but he doesn't have any protection on whatsoever. No gloves, no glasses, safety glasses, no nothing. <laughs> so anyway, if you've ever done arc welding, then you understand why that makes me cringe a little bit. But still, it was a very interesting video to watch somebody make a lock almost completely by hand. It's very, very labor-intensive. I don't know how he can make money doing that with, uh, with as much time as it takes. And then Rune shared a video with me called Tape Cutting Attorney, which is a very funny little uh, lock-picking lawyer parody video. I won't even really try to describe it because it's a very simple, very short video, but he does an excellent job of mimicking the speech style of lockpicking lawyer and the video presentation style. Very well done, and I recommend you check it out. It's quite funny. And now we'll move on to meetups, and thank you to Holly for a few new additions to the list. First up, we have LockFest 2021 taking place September 25th through the 26th at the Hotel Thermal in the Czech Republic. Then we have ShellCon, which is an InfoSec conference, but does have a lockpicking village component. That is October 8th and 9th, and it is virtual at shellcon.io. SaintCon, October 18th through the 22nd at the Utah Valley Convention Center in Provo, Utah. Lockpicking Lawyer is currently scheduled to be a keynote speaker. And if you go by there, be sure to stop by and say hi to Rubber Band, as it sounds like he's heading out there with some of his products. So please stop by and say hi. And the Master Locksmith Association Expo 21 is October 22nd through the 24th at Telford International Center in Telford, UK. And last but not least is Lock Camp going on from November 12th through the 14th at Lockhart State Park in Lockhart, Texas. Links to all the meetups will be in the show notes in case you want to check them out and possibly attend some. Moving on to products, first up we have a new book that was shared with me by several people this week. It is called Little Black Book of Lockpicking, Lock Opening and Bypass Techniques for Security Professionals. And from the Amazon website, it says, this book will teach you the best techniques to pick locks, use bump keys, bypass a padlock, or even create a key by impressioning. Whether you are curious about these techniques you see in movies and series, or you work as a pen tester, a locksmith, or a, an operator in the law enforcement agency, you will find in this book the basics and the useful tips and tricks to open the majority of doors and especially without breaking anything. This book also covers different types of locks, such as pin tumbler locks, dimple locks, wafer locks, lever locks, pump locks, and much more. It includes several step-by-step -step tutorials for making lock-picking tools, 
cutaway locks, self-impressioning soft keys, both for the beginner and the specialist. It is used by the author as a training material for his training private sessions. The book is currently available on Amazon in both paperback and Kindle form, and I will have a link to the Amazon page in the show notes. And it would appear that at least at the time of this recording, the Sparrow's Disc Pick is back in stock. Current price, $45 US at sparrowslockpicks.com. For all of those of you who might have been waiting on the next shipment. And it looks like XB Mods has also been working with Vent to make a set of handles for the new Lockmaster picks that they've designed. On the XB Mods website, it says the new version of the Lockmaster lock picks from Vent with interchangeable handles also offer a chance to add custom handles too. I was delighted to get the opportunity to officially work on the project, and I can now offer custom handles to jazz up or personalize your lockpicks. I work with different kinds of materials and colors, including some woods, but mostly I work in acrylics and fiberglass, both of which I can supply in virtually any color. All of these materials and color combos can also be engraved with personalized text up to 12 characters, including spaces. And they are also having a giveaway running for two of these handles. More about that in the giveaway section at the end of the show. In Lockpickers United belts this week, we have multiple new purple belts to announce. We have Dr. Nebilo. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. Uh, Bodhi Pika, Lock. Picking Dev and Z, congratulations to all of you on your brand new purple belts. And also congratulations to a monitor darkly for earning his ninth Don on his black belt by picking a huge list of 137 locks that are ranked purple or better on video. So very, very impressive amount of picking there. You can uh, check out his channel on YouTube, A Monitor Darkly. I will try to remember to put a link in the show notes. I hadn't actually set that up beforehand, but I will try to remember to put that in before I publish. For anyone not already familiar with the Lockpickers United belt system, there are links in the show notes to the official rules page, as well as some videos that explain how the system works, in case you don't want to read all of that. And now it's time to say thank you to the people who made this episode possible. I would like to start by saying thank you to Bob B, also at BBTelpix on Instagram or BBTelpix66 on Reddit, I believe, for his generous donation of $91.10 and one of his 9-11 commemorative locks. He said, great show and thank you for the incredible opportunity to be part of this very special community. Hope you get the lock soon. Looking forward to hearing your black belt story, as I sense that it may have been achieved. So I just want to say a special thank you to Bob, who has been very generous with his donations and for the the beautiful 9-11 commemorative lock. I really, really appreciate it, and it means a lot. So thank you. And with that, Bob B. will be listed as the executive producer of this episode. Other producers of this episode are the Patreon subscribers. We have Medler, Pandafrog, Michael Gilchrist, Starrylock, Williams Brain, Dave to be deciphered, Pat from Uncensored Tactical, PH Picker, Three Raccoons and Coat, Sherelle, Patty Cakes, Dr. Hogmaster, Clayton Howard, also known as Cool Tune, 
Mog, John Locke, Rat Yoke, Mr. Picker, Cranky Lockpicker, Real Tater. Chief content producer for this episode, probably not a surprise, it's going to be Terrell, also known as Anthony on Twitter. Con- other content producers for this episode are Albert LaBelle, Artichoke2000, Average Joe, Culper Woodhill, Dark Arts Lockpicking, Good Guy, also known as B&E A to Z, Holly, HV Logic, iFisk, Jeff Moss, Jimmy Longs, Joshua Gonzalez, Lock Kraken, Pocket Woman, Pyrolock, Rune, Sec Philometh, Starlock, Tony Verley, and Vent. Thank you to all of you for all of your support. And just remember that this show is only possible because of all the information and support shown by all of these people. So if you value the podcast, please help support it by also sending in your news, links, events, giveaway information, anything you have that's Locksport related that you think the community might benefit from knowing. You can send all that information to podcast at the locksportscast.com or any of the other methods listed in the show notes or at thelocksportscast.com slash contact. Don't forget to share the podcast with your lockpicking friends in person or online. Either way works. You can leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform if they allow that or leave a comment and a thumbs up on YouTube. Always greatly appreciated. You can find all the ways to subscribe to the podcast at thelocksportscast.com slash subscribe. If you would like to support the show financially, you can donate on PayPal or subscribe on Patreon. If you do subscribe on Patreon, you get a private RSS feed link that will allow you to get the audio version before the normal release. I try to get that out about a day ahead of time. It's basically whenever I finish editing it. That's about the only benefit you get uh, by subscribing on Patreon, so I try to keep that going. You can find all the different ways to support the show at thelocksportscast.com support. If you support the show with donation or information, I will give you a shout out in the show and a credit in the show notes. And moving on to a quick update on the state of the podcast, I'm changing the journey to black stories idea into a general locksport journey stories idea. There's a lot more interesting stories probably out there in the locksport community of people's journeys that haven't made it to black belt and really I want to hear them all. So if you have an interesting story about your journey in Locksport, be sure to send it in and just keep it no politics, no religion, no drama, a reasonable length so that it doesn't take up too much time. Try to keep it to five minutes or less would be good. And I will uh, share it on the show. I will also share other feedback if asked to, as long as it meets all the aforementioned rules. Feedback can be sent to podcast at locksportscast.com or any of the methods in the show notes or at the locksportscast.com slash contact. And for our locksmith story this week, it's actually a combination of a locksmith and a criminal story from News Channel 3 out of Memphis, Tennessee, written by Melissa Moon. We have man accused of breaking into locksmith warehouse six times. Evidently, a chain link fence topped with razor wire and a deadbolt wasn't enough to stop someone intent on getting inside the locksmith storage warehouse six times in a one week. Police say the burglar was caught on camera breaking into Town and Country Locksmith Storage Building. Bozy, the owner of Town and Country Locksmith, said that he broke in on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday, Monday, and he broke in twice in one day. Bozy said the burglar cut a hole in the fence to get onto their property and into the warehouse where they store safes and other things. He said he left with some big items. He says, I don't know what 
exactly he's got because I haven't taken inventory, but he's taken some tools. He stole two motorcycles. We, we recovered them, but there's a lot of stuff we didn't recover. Bozy said a friend and the owner of the building next to his warehouse confronted the burglar and recorded him on his cell phone. We actually knew his name, where he was staying, where he was from, and all of that on Thursday, said Bozy. He even admitted he stole the motorcycles. Police say they arrested the suspect after he was spotted at a liquor store nearby. They said he was wearing the same clothing as the burglar in the surveillance video. According to Bozy, police were still on scene Monday night finishing their report when he and a friend saw the suspect and they were able to take him into custody. He also said the surveillance video shows more people may have been involved in some of the break-ins, but so far police have not released a description of any other suspects. And next up for the uh, Strange Block Story segment, we have a video that was shared with me that will be live on Culper Woodhull's page on Monday called Culper Woodhull Goes to Prison After Picking Prisoner's Handcuffs. The description reads, I picked some handcuffs and it went a little sideways after. I'm not going to give away the details of this video. So I'm just going to leave that little teaser right there for you. I will have a link in the show notes so you can go check that video out. In the regular lockpicking criminal news section, this next story was sent in by iFisk out of the Saginaw and Bay City News, written by Cole Waterman. Man broke into Bay County homes looking for drugs, used parole card to Jimmy Doors open, say police. This is Bay City, Michigan says six Northern Bay County homes were targeted by an intruder, one who seemingly used his old Michigan Department of Corrections parole card to jimmy his way past locked doors. Now that suspect is facing two felonies after police chased him down and caught him near the scene of the burglaries. The charges relate to burglaries of two specific homes that occurred the morning of Tuesday, September 7th, According to police reports contained in court files, a woman at one of the homes was sleeping when she heard the door from her attached garage open. She woke and went to see if her husband was home, only to be confronted by a man in her kitchen. She told deputies he looked shocked to see her. He took off toward the door and the woman ran into her bedroom. She armed herself with a handgun and telephoned her husband, then 911. Similarly, in the other case, a woman awoke to the sound of a door slamming. She then followed her dogs to a bathroom where she too encountered the suspect. The woman asked what he was doing in her house, prompting him to repeatedly apologize. Deputies spoke with another resident who showed them video footage from a trail camera he had installed in his garage. The video showed a man entering the garage, looking around, and then leaving. In all, deputies determined the intruder had entered six homes, though he did not appear to have stolen anything. Deputies also determined that he had apparently used his parole card to gain entry into the homes. Witnesses described the intruder as wearing a yellow reflective shirt or vest and riding a blue bicycle. Deputies soon spotted him running out of a ditch towards some nearby woods. Deputies and a police canine unit chased the suspect, eventually catching and arresting him. Placed in a patrol vehicle, he initially denied breaking into any houses, but later he told one deputy, If you let me have a cigarette, I will tell you all the houses I went inside of. Interviewed back at headquarters, he said that he had a drug addiction and had been using for about 10 years. He said he used fentanyl that morning and thereafter blacked out. Pressed about the home invasions, he told deputies he, quote, 
had no idea that he was scaring anyone. Asked by investigators about one homeowner catching him going through a medicine cabinet, he said he was looking for pills. He denied looking for anything else like money or guns. He said that he did not specifically recall all of the houses he had allegedly entered. Shown a photo of the intruder inside the garage, he agreed that it was him. The suspect had previously served prison time for two convictions of second-degree home invasion. Those crimes occurred in June 2014. He was sentenced to 42 months to 15 years. The Michigan Department of Corrections discharged him in December of 2019. Our next story is out of Hutchinson, Kansas. The Hutchinson News, written by John Green, is entitled Four Arrested Outside Hutchinson Residence Where They Went to Attack the Owner in a Drug Dispute. Four men who went to a Hutchinson residence to beat up the home's occupant over a drug dispute, as well as the resident who was the intended target, were arrested by Hutchinson police overnight. Police booked the first four on suspicion of aggravated burglary of a dwelling. The other was arrested on possession with intent drug charges. It continues, Officers responding to the home on a report of burglary in progress early Thursday morning found the four men hiding in a corner of the property behind an air conditioning unit, according to the arrest affidavit. The affidavit also stated that one of the suspects had received an amount of marijuana from the resident with the understanding he would pay for it after he sold it. When he failed to pay, he was allegedly threatened. The magistrate judge, Daniel Gilligan, was quoted as saying, You decided to take three friends to teach Mr. Cullison a lesson by beating him up. You had surgical gloves with you, and the members of your party all had surgical gloves. You had a backpack in case your clothes got bloody, and you had a lock-picking kit. Judge Gilgan found probable cause for the four men's arrest and continued detention. The first suspect to appear before the judge admitted to their intent of attacking the resident. He argued with the judge, however, over whether there was a probable cause for a burglary charge. He said, quote, We were there literally to beat him up. There's no proof to show we broke into his house. All the video shows is us knocking on the door and standing there. None of us were breaking into the house. I was there to try to settle a beef. I don't know why I'm charged with burglary. The judge replied, If you attempted to get into an occupied dwelling, that is what burglary is. And whether the dwelling was occupied, whether or not the state can prove that beyond a reasonable doubt, is not for trial today. This is just a probable cause hearing. Police also arrested the resident after officers responding to the call found several items in his residence indicating drug distribution was occurring, including more than 25 grams of marijuana, between 10 and 100 dosage units of suspected hallucinogens, packaging materials, and digital scales. Drugs are bad. You shouldn't do drugs. Okay. For sales this week, we have basically the same ones as last week. Vent has a sale on the new Lockmaster Picks says limited time, 10% off, discount code LOCKNOOB10. I'm told it is good through the end of the month. Law Lock Tools has 20% off their new Ridgeback set with the code RIDGEBACK20. 3DLOCKSPORT.COM, 10% off with the code LSCAST10. Mako Locks, 15% off with the code BUYMAKO. And UKLockPickers.co.uk, 10% off with the code GIFT. In giveaways, we will start off with the new giveaway by Vent, giving away handles for their new Lockmaster lockpicks created by XB Mods. That is another Gleam.io 
giveaway. I will have a link in the show notes. Also, they are still doing the giveaway for two custom handles from Rat Yoke for their Lockmaster lockpicks. That also on Gleam.io, and a link will be in the show notes. Sec Philometh has his 100 subscriber giveaway. Went over that last week. I won't reiterate too much of it here. Albert LaBelle subscriber appreciation giveaway is still running for a few more days after you see this, so be sure to check it out. That one ends on September 15th. Lock Kraken has his Kraken September giveaway that is still running. Link in the show notes. CLK Supplies, their hashtag LockBoss giveaway runs every week. Link in the show notes. And I hopefully have a couple of days off to do my live stream for the Lock Sportscast giveaway this week. And in that, you can win a $20 gift code for hooligankeys.com or one of my custom Packlock 100As. Remember, this show is only possible because of all the support that I get from the community. So please remember to send me in any information you have that's Locksport related that you think the community would benefit from knowing or would just enjoy knowing. Send it to me, podcast at thelocksportscast.com or any of the methods listed in the show notes or at thelocksportscast.com slash contact. And thank you very much for all the support that you've all showed me this whole time. Just remember to keep it legal. (laughs) 